Ultra. Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are blasting through Disney's The Little Mermaid one minute at a time. I'm Kestra Dorowski. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And today we are again joined by Andrew Hawthorne from No Time for Heroics. Welcome back. Hi, everybody. I'm back. We are <laughs> glad that you're back. Yes, Yay, I'm glad I'm back, too. I, I just got my swim trunks on. I just dove in here. Uh, life is debubbles. It's pretty good. <laughs> Oh, uh, an under the sea reference will never not be the best thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, today we are discussing minute thirty-seven, which begins with Ariel saying, "Daddy, stop!" and no, con- continue. She, she's uh, complaining. She's complaining as a rock hits the music box. Mm, that one's a sad one. And yeah. destroys it. It is. That wasn't even like that. Didn't even like the music box didn't get blasted. It was yeah. shrapneled. Yeah, it it is destroyed, and it's sad because this was a good music box, and mm-hmm. it worked underwater. <laughs> it was an antique yes. too, yeah. And it ends with Flotsam and Jetsam saying, "She has, she has, Something. yeah." Something. What, a, what? Wow, that's. I'm, I'm on tenterhooks here, trying to figure that one out too. <laughs> Uh, minute 37 of The Little Mermaid features King Triton destroying Eric's statue, Ariel sobbing and telling Sebastian and Flounder to go away, and Flotsam and Jetsam appearing in Ariel's grotto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Poseidon is trashing her trash in this scene. It's kind of <laughs> sad. I mean, it's a collection, though. There's a distinct difference between junk and a collection, right? I've listened to Judge John Hodgman. I've okay. heard him talk about, like, like art in the age of mechanical reproduction like a collection is different from trash okay i think the primary the primary difference is a collection is on display at least for yourself but it's mostly a collection of hand-me-downs i mean uh, well float me downs but you know (laughs) yeah they just kind of arrived yeah um and she doesn't really know what most of them are that well but She's arranged them into similar categories. Like she has her her painting shelf, and she there was a shelf of hourglasses and, and, clocks. and clocks. So somehow she knows those two were related. Yeah, it's weird she's that got, she's got those juxtaposed. I guess that was Scuttle's uh, business telling her that. Yeah. Now my guess is, even though if he said they were similar, he probably didn't know that they were for telling time. No, it's probably, you know, if I was Scuttle, I'd probably just assume, like, like humans just carry these things around. They love the sound of it. They love that this one bangs metal stuff, and they love that this one's kind of like a rain stick. Like, they just <laughs> kind of hold on to this stuff. But clocks don't usually work underwater. No. So, Do these work? I don't think so. But the hourglass probably could still work underwater. Yes. As long as uh, it's still sealed. Sealed. I don't see why not. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, I, like, this is probably the beginnings of uh, why Sebastian is like, what do they got? A lot of sand? All he knows is hourglasses. <laughs> He's like, oh, this is all they got up there. They got these little jars of sand. We got sand. It's like, we've got tons of sand. We've probably yeah. got more than they do. <laughs> what do they got? All these jars of sand? Um, I'm actually really glad that we have you on the show this week because... I know that your t- your show, No Time for Heroics, is mostly about uh, superheroes and superhero movies. It is. 
So I think I figured out how Triton's trident works, at least a little bit. I'm pretty sure it's, it's one of your favorite things. I think it might store and redirect <laughs> energy. Oh, no. Because when he blasts the statue, you see the statue kind of build up all of this energy inside and start to crack, and then it explodes. And I'm like, hey, that's a lot like Gambit's power, where he charges something with kinetic energy, and then it explodes. Oh, no. Is Triton potentially some kind of mutant that is, <laughs> is working his way through? He's protecting he just, those who fear him. And, and just like Bishop, he directs his power through the Trident instead of Bishop, who directs it through a gun. Which, I don't know how that works. <laughs> Does he direct it through a gun, or just, like, through think, his, his manly chest? I think he can do both, but I think he typically redirects it into his gun, and his gun is an energy weapon. Okay. So I don't know well, exactly. Think, I mean, it, comic books. Yeah, it, famously, if, if you've listened to my podcast, I, I know very little about X-Men outside of the podcast, but I sure have encountered a lot of people who absorb and redirect energies, so... Uh, in different ways. <laughs> in different ways. In fabulous ways. But but yeah, there's a lot of absorbing and redirecting energy. So I think that's what's happening here. Because that statue absorbed quite a bit before it blew up. I, I'm with your thesis on this one. Yeah, that statue took a pounding. And it the cracks are everywhere. Like, it cracked all over. Which doesn't make sense for did later. It, did it get cracks all through the face? Yes. Ooh, yeah, that one doesn't track. <laughs> Maybe it's cracked, but it didn't come apart, you know? Like, it it just looks nice and distressed now. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's like the, the shabby chic kind of look. Yeah. I don't know. That, that is kind of urban <laughs> decay that's going on here. After this, Ariel is going to go and film a prodigy video here. <laughs> um, what happened to all the pieces? Of the statue? Were they... Turn- were they were they turned to dust or were they No, I think they're just kind of thrown around just like the rocks that broke the music box. Like it's hard to tell once you've got a bunch of rocks in the bottom of this cave. Right, but there is a moment kind of where Ariel and King Triton are looking at the statue as it's being destroyed and then suddenly the orange goes away and there's just bubbles and I don't know what happened to the well, pieces you know- of hmm. the statue. You know what Sebastian says? Life is the bubbles. Well, death is the bubbles too. It's it's both ends. It's all bubbles. All all bubbles all the time. Yeah. Um. Okay, so this ends the destructive rant. Right. So he so his whole goal with this was like, I will have to make you understand that humans are dangerous. And- so I'm going to destroy all your stuff. So yeah. is he trying to say so like, Andrew, look, all this human stuff yeah. blew up. They were all bombs so, and try to like blame it on the stuff instead <laughs> of his trident. He's like, wow. Why are they all doing this? <laughs> look at that. So, so, oh gosh. You're trying I, to work I, through I, this logic. Yeah. But, I, or, or maybe it's just like, I need, I'm punishing you to listen to me. But I was also going to say, so Andrew, but I was talking to. Oh, to me? To my husband, Andrew. Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Um, disappointment again (laughs) (laughs) if I were to destroy all of your comic books Mm -hmm. because I wanted to get through to you would that would that get through to you I don't think so all of your comic books and artwork I like I'm trying to think what kind of message you could possibly be trying to convey that would be served by that action 
Um, and I can't think of one unless your, unless your message is we need to get rid of this stuff. So I'm getting rid of the stuff. I think that would be a very effective way to but something, convey that message. Something similar to this stuff is dangerous. No, wait, to, what to was the, it? Um, the, the the people who are the source of this stuff are dangerous. Yes. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I'm not condoning what he does here or <laughs> or using him as a a great guide for this, but I I can see where he's coming from out of frustration trying to get this this through to her. Like yeah. I think if you compared it to something you you felt was dangerous to your child, like in in, in certain circumstances where, like oh you know uh, I I've seen people who were really rude to their mom and so their dad came in and and just took their Xbox as a punishment or 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 whatever you know. But on the other right. hand, like if if your child was into something really dangerous, like uh, maybe they were they're uh, really big on matches and lighters. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they were a giant pyro or maybe, you know, uh, they were into drug paraphernalia or something like that and was developing a problem. That's something you would go in and take. And as far as he's concerned, she's dabbling with cannibalism. And this is an issue that, you know, it's not a bunch of pretty stuff. It's that she's getting closer and closer to people who eat you. And uh, and so he's just like, no, this this stops here. and, And this is a way to get my point across. Like, this is his moment of saying, like, Oh, you're smoking, eh? Well, here we're gonna sit here, and you're gonna smoke this whole pack of cigarettes, and and uh, yeah. it's that I, I don't know that that's ever classically worked, um, and this doesn't work. So, and he even and regrets I, it. It feels right after he finishes. Yeah, like he doesn't punctuate the conclusion of of the, all this destruction with any attempt at conversation with her. Like he has effectively made her even less responsive to the message he was trying to convey. And he sees that instantly. He's like, this is like, she wants to listen to me even less than ever. Yes. And at least I feel she is safer because she doesn't have this stuff around her, even though none of this stuff was particularly dangerous in and of itself. Um, he also like, can't just say he's like, see, like this stuff was dangerous because ultimately he was kind of just destroying the stuff because he was angry. Destroying the stuff wasn't terribly big as being part of his point right which and, go ahead oh i and i i feel like maybe this is gendered but i feel that this is a very father move like this is this is a dadly kind of screw up that he's he's doing here and and part of his crime here is that he's he's really frustrated that she isn't that he isn't getting through to her but he's also not listening to her at all and he's he's not really willing to uh, take her feelings seriously or, uh, or, or give her any credence that she knows what she's talking about uh, e- because he knows she doesn't and she doesn't. But, um, but he at least has to hear her out because, as we're going to find out, if, if her nice, caring dad isn't willing to listen to her, other people are very willing to listen to her and, uh, and, and that's going to be a problem for him later. Yeah, I, I think it would have been... I mean, even starting way back when at the beginning of the film, he got angry with her and she swam off to the grotto and sang part of your world. Um, he he would have been served better by listening to her, even though he wasn't going to change any of his stances. It, it just would have been better to let her say all of the stuff and then discuss why the things she's saying are problematic and why he is disagreeing with her. Like oh, the conversation would have. 
Yeah, like, yeah. Why, like the conversation be would have been much world. better. Yeah. And and instead he shuts her down and she leaves and it and it makes it more and more difficult for them to ever have the right conversation. And ultimately they, they don't get to have the conversation. So if he had just let his emotions simmer and listened to her express her stuff and then expressed his stuff, which would have been more solidly based, more accurate. You know, he is an adult who actually, you know, can process all of these things in a way that she can't. If he had had the conversation that way, this would be a completely different situation. But instead, he wasn't listening. And that that's one of his biggest faults in this was never listening to her and, and acknowledging her emotions. And it's really important to acknowledge people's emotions, even if you feel that they are inaccurate or misguided. Like, you need to acknowledge that their their feelings are real, whether or not they're yeah. accurate. And you should always, like, you should never disregard people feeling a certain way. If somebody says, like, I, I feel uncomfortable around this person, like, don't just shrug that off. Like, talk to them. It's like, okay, well, let's talk and try to figure out why you feel that way. Is it something they're doing? Is it something that you're having to deal with? Like, it's a conversation, like, shrugging someone's emotions off is always a bad thing to do and it's gonna and it causes a lot of people a lot of trouble uh in like their emotional health and psychological health yeah i think it's important oh go ahead and he he feels like suddenly he 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 has this solemn look about him and he feels sad and but he doesn't really do anything about it but he does he just swims away like yeah like he he he, he avoids have, the problem. He should have yeah, he avoids the problem. He should have gone back and tried to talk with her and and understand what she's coming from because even though even though it's kind of an estranged relationship now because he's destroyed all these things. Mm-hmm. He he's not doing anything to make it better. I think at well, maybe the very he feels least he is the problem at this point though as well. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah. you know, like he immediately regrets it and he's like, you know what? I've really lost my temper. She's not listening to me. Let's just go cool down and I'll I'll swim back a little later and, and see what's going on. But Yeah, and I I think that's probably a, a good interpretation of, of what he is feeling. I think he maybe would have been better served to stay there because she's already thrown herself on the rock and she's going to be sobbing and she's she's going to be moping right there. It maybe would have been better if he had stayed there and done his processing in the same place as her so that when either of them were ready to say something, they could have something they could have someone to talk to. Yeah, he wouldn't have needed to say anything or go put an arm around her or anything. He just needed to be there so that when one or both of them were ready to to talk things out then then they could could and it could start and their relationship could get better but instead instead they kind of go stew in echo chambers where they just have themselves yeah and he avoids this problem I think it's important to, to point out that we're definitely viewing this through the lens of adulthood as well. And even though the, these things are there, I think he does regret this and, and we're analyzing this. That's not how we're supposed to be taking this movie. We're supposed to be like, oh, man, parents. And I, I feel like this is he a lot of He just doesn't the, understand. Yeah. And I, uh, he's trying to take my Gogurt. And <laughs> I, I feel like like people talk about rent this way a lot now, too, that. Like, man, all the heroes in Rent are idiots. They're just, like, 
squatting in this building that isn't theirs and they're just trashing stuff. They don't want to pay for anything, but you know, that's not the point when you're, you're a teenager, this all seems to make a certain amount of sense. But when, uh, uh, when, when you get over that initial rush, you're like, wait, this really was kind of stupid. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. We are definitely viewing it. Uh, not in, I mean, it's a film that was made to appeal to all audiences, but its focus is like, this is a film for kids. And it's yes. based on a fairy tale that ends badly for her. Like, like this is a yeah. bad instinct on her part. And, and this is going to, you know, spoilers, it's going to end okay. But in, in the original version, it did not end. And it does not end okay. Is exactly wrong. And we know she's wrong as adults looking at this. But, uh, but oh well. Going along with uh, King Triton and and his personality, personality, uh, there I've mentioned Dis- Disney dis dis what is it? Dis astrology, Disney astrology, dis Disney. I don't know. I don't remember what it was, but it's like the Disney astrology thing. But you can't trust this thing because they didn't even make Sebastian a cancer, and that's like, come on, <laughs> that's an easy pick. Wow, <laughs> but, what a myth. Yes. Did did they make uh did they make Triton a Pisces? King Triton is his birthday is October twenty fifth. I don't know if that's still a Libra or if that's the next one after Libra. I don't know. Because I'm I'm an October birthday and I'm a Libra and I but I think it ends partway through October. Yeah. Which one's Sagittarius? Because isn't that a kind of goat merman? Um, I th- uh, like a that's... satyr. Yeah, but but like a fish goat. That's... Oh. I think you're right. I think that is Sagittarius. I don't is, know when is it that, is. Is that mine? I, I I don't know when any of these things actually fall. I think that's but... mine. You're a Sagittarius. So I think I think I can't I can't remember. Re- pregnancy brain is too <laughs> too rough on me if right now. If only I had the sum of all human knowledge in a little black box in my pocket right now. <laughs> I could look this up. Oh look, Sagittarius. Sagittarius is the ninth, blah, 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 uh, November 23rd to December 21. So he is not a Sagittarius. No, but no. I am. But, but Kestra <laughs> is. Oh, that isn't even the goatfish. That's just a, a dude with a bow. Oh, well. Oh. Uh, but so the three words that they associate. associate with King Triton in October 25th is parental, commanding, and heart-centered. Aww. And it says... King Triton, you are a powerful influence in the lives of others. You have firm beliefs and like to keep chaos at a minimum. Sure. <laughs> what counts as chaos? <laughs> well, We're the introduction s- to humanalia into this the, his is, nice is chaos fish world. Yeah, that's but, a, that's an agent of creating chaos. creating Cre- debris out of it does not count as chaos. Yeah. <laughs> well, he he feels like I think that he's excising the chaos through violent surgical means. You know, this is, yeah. is disrupting his disrupting his world <laughs> and he needs to get it out of there really quickly. Uh yeah. Continuing it says responsible and respectful. You put the needs of others before your own. When That doesn't sound like King Triton. No, no, I missed it. When you're worried, your temper can get you into trouble. And really? afterward, you regret your actions. Oh, wow. Sensi- sensitive and affectionate, you can't stay ma- mad for long at those you adore. Well, that part is very accurate, because he certainly plays some favorites. Yeah, yes. He sounds like he needs a hug right now. 
Yeah, I there's I think being a widower has done some damage to King Triton. Yeah, he's definitely a little clingy. Um Yeah. Yeah, it like like he needs to deal with some stuff. Like maybe a little bit of therapy after his wife died would have done him good. Yeah, yeah but I mean, who knows? A, a therapist down there is probably a sea cucumber or something. He doesn't <laughs> want to talk to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we've I feel like part of why he's angry, I don't know, uh, with with Ariel is also because we've mentioned and in the auto commentary they've also mentioned that Ariel is kind of a reflection of how King Triton was when he was younger. He had red hair. He was this he had rambunctious. This, yeah, rambunctious child and and he I, I guess wants to protect her, but but he's not doing it in the proper way. way. Yeah. Oh, that's very Moana of him though. <laughs> yes. That's a that's yes. a good point. Uh, yeah. Um uh, so did you have more on this? Uh, I just wanted to mention one more thing that I saw on Disney Wiki mm-hmm. on Eric's statue. They're, they have a page about Eric's statue. Wow. <laughs> it's not a very long th- page, but it mentioned that... It's I don't filled know. with fragments? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it mentioned that it uh, it got... It, so it was destroyed, right? And then yes. somehow King Triton rebuilt Ariel's grotto and rebuilt the statue. But we don't see that ever. Wow. Well, that's so, really I mean, I, yeah, I like, maybe it's in one of the sequels. Maybe. I mean, I've seen this. the TV the, series, too. So The TV series is set before, though. Yeah. We, we watched oh, a chunk it? of it. Yeah, we watched a, a good chunk of it. It's a little odd because it's supposed to be like two years before, but there's times when Ariel's figure is a little more mature. Yeah, you could say. <laughs> well, well, she's Things... going through changes. Yeah. There comes a time in a young fish's life when, oh, anyway. Um. So I felt like that was nice that he rebuilt. I like it, the but, idea, but, but I I don't follow. Yeah. How okay, that well, happened or or I where it's it documented, especially yeah. because. Spoiler: At the end of the film, like she's Ariel's human not going back down. Married, and in the in the sequel, in the sequel, she's 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 human the whole she's time. She's human. Right? Well, not the whole time. Oh, but does she get a little? A little she's uh, keeping. She's trying. She's trying to be human, and she's trying to keep her daughter from from being a mermaid from entering the water. Like what, really? her daughter wants to be a mermaid. How yes. how much farther ahead well, of this movie is that? So the sequel, like the daughter's like eight or ten. Yeah, and what, is, she's... What, did Ariel get hashtag teen pregnant? Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, and uh, Melody, the the daughter, they've put strict rules and and they're and basically anti Triton. The... They're like, it's like okay, so Ariel wasn't allowed to go to the surface. Our daughter's not allowed to go to the water. Well, the reason is because when when Melody was a, a baby, uh, Ursula's sister comes and and threatens them. Ursula, uh, I have I haven't I haven't watched the, it for a while. I don't remember what it is, but I Weird. I I don't remember ever seeing the cavern. I, yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. Um, we we need to get these movies and and finish watching the series and everything. We need to get like all the Little Mermaid stuff in our heads. 
All right, this calls for a sleepover. <laughs> um, so the attack finishes. Ariel throws herself on the rock, and she's wrecked. Try- Get yeah. it? It's, it's a seaplane. <laughs> um, this I feel like they do a really good job of conveying this real awkwardness, especially for um, Sebastian and Flounder. If you've ever been at a friend's house and then their parent yelled at them. But your parents aren't coming to get you for like another hour. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it's like, it's so awkward. And one of the most uncomfortable things, which is, I think, a reason that growing up, I tried to avoid going to friends' houses. I'm like, I don't want to be there in case something happens. And then like, I'm there (laughs) and they've just been disciplined. And like, hi, I'm also here. Yeah. Um, Is he allowed to keep playing? Well, I know that once I was at a friend's house and she got grounded while I was there. <laughs> but it's like, but I'm here and my parents aren't coming <laughs> to get me yet. But but they but I live just a block away, so oh, I was okay. able to walk home. But I do also remember that the this family who lived ten minutes away from from my family, like all, we were all close. But I was like spending the day there with my sister and with with my friend and and their and her sisters and whatnot. And her parents scared me. (laughs) And uh, her mom yelled at at her and then was like taking and then yelling at everyone at the same time. So it was a little Mm. like, yeah, like it's an (sighs) uncomfortable experience. And I think everyone has had that experience where like somebody got in trouble and you're not part of it, but you're there and you're not, you you can't, you can't get But at the same time, you can't get away. So yeah. you're just kind of stuck there. And it's like, and now this person's like, they're upset because they got punished. They're embarrassed because it happened in front of their friend. Like, That's it's weird. a whole host of emotions. And Ariel's feeling all of that. And like, Sebastian and Flounder are right there. They're like, hi. Sebastian <laughs> looks completely distraught, upset. It's his fault. Yes, but he feels awful. He feels like you could see it in his in his in his face. He looks really awful. Like he's just like, oh, I'm, like what can I do? What can yeah. I say? Like, and so and so he kind of has to like walk away. Yeah, but uh, like he's he's the tattletale, and he just saw the results of his tattle. And yeah. Ariel tells him to just go away. Was she talking to both Flounder and Sebastian, or just... I think she wants no one there. At least... She wants to be alone right now. No no of her friends, at least. Yeah, and Um, and what she gets is none of her friends. Yeah, she gets, like, the worst thing. And, like, these eels are so sleazy as they slide in, and you're like, you're seeing them, and it's like, they are about to, like, prey on her vulnerability, and it's awful. And I have facts about eels and these eels but particularly but for tomorrow okay we will save it for tomorrow i'm i'm good on my notes okay i'm good too i'll save my flotsam and jetsam notes as well okay oh but we do end with her saying that she has so do we know what she has does she have like a rotten case of spo- spoiled child syndrome so she, <laughs> she she has a bad case of sea lice like what's going on here i'm gonna I, have I to, to find out tomorrow i want to wait though <laughs> I'm in love. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
That's all we have for you today, listeners. We are part of Dueling Genre. You can find us and many other podcasts at DuelingGenre.com. There, you will also find a link to a Patreon page where you can support all Dueling Genre productions. We are on Twitter and Instagram at DizMinute, on email as DisneyAnimationMinute at gmail.com, and on Facebook at the Disney Animation Minute Secret Essential Listener Society or Damsels Group. Our guest can be found at... NoTimeForHeroics.com, or you can subscribe on iTunes or check us out at the No Time for Heroics Hall of Great Justice on Facebook, and I'd really love it if you would. It's it's worth doing. It's a fun place. And listen to the podcast. I, I don't listen... Well, okay, I am a completionist, so when I listen to podcasts, I usually listen to all the episodes, but if I don't feel like it's worth listening to all the episodes, I don't listen to the podcast. Yay! And I listen to theirs, so... Thanks, but even I'll- the bad ones. <laughs> I won't comment. Even the ones I disagreed with, I'll say, because I really enjoy The Phantom. Thank you very much. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. You guys were really rough on The Phantom. (laughs) Man, you know, the one we get slammed for the most is Hellboy. Everybody hates that we didn't like Hellboy. I also do like Hellboy, so... (laughs) I don't know. You're allowed to like Hellboy. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, as I listen to it, I'm like, I know they don't like it. But I don't think they're going to be upset that I like it. No, I love that you like it. So, at least we can all be friendly in that regard. Until next time, listeners, thank you for making us part of your world. world. Oh, sorry. <laughs>